Before we dismiss the kids, I do have a question for all the kids to see who can help me. <laughs> How many hours we have in a day? 24. 24. Awesome. That was an easy question. Great. You are dismissed. Keep that in mind. Everybody, <laughs> keep that in mind. 24 hours we have in a day. Now, here is a question for all of you to see who can help me. And you're not allowed to take out your phones right now. <laughs> Please put away your phones. How many minutes you have in one day? How many minutes? And, uh, guesses. You can, you can do guesses. Who can help me? How many minutes? I'll give you a, a few seconds to think. <laughs> okay, who can help Wow, look at this. 14,000, almost, is 1,440 minutes. Well, yeah, once we were thrown off, I think. Okay, now you deal. know. But it was that, that's an honest answer. Awesome. The next question, you know it. Don't take your phones. How many seconds are in a day? How many seconds? I'll give you a help uh, because I know this one is very, very hard. It's 86,400 seconds. 86,400 seconds. Now, I'm telling you this because today we are going to talk about the longest day in history. The longest day in history. And for those of you that I love to read your Bibles... I'm not going to be talking about that day where uh, Joshua asked God to uh, just hold the, the sun and the moon, uh, hold them still. I'm going to be talking about another day. And it's a day that always, I have always had many questions about this day. It's a day that always, uh, when I read it, is very difficult for me to read. So we're going to struggle a little bit with what God did on this day, and we're going to try to find out why God did what he did on this day. And, of course, I'm going to ask you to take out, take out your Bibles. If you don't have one, there is one right in front of you. We're going to be reading uh, in Genesis 22, verses 1 through 3. Genesis 22. And he says the following, After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and he went to the place which God had told him. Today, the question that we're going to be wrestling with is why does God allow suffering? This is a question 
that every time I read this passage, I always ask myself, why God allowed that to happen to Abraham? You haven't asked that question before? Why? Why? And you got you to gotta take it um, a little bit into context. And let me tell you a little bit what, what happened. Is Abraham is known as the father of faith. We're going to see that in a minute. He's known as the father of faith. But Abraham is, is uh, being called by God, and God takes him out of his family, out of his country, out of the place that he was living, and he makes a promise to Abraham. And he says, I'm going to give you a son, and I'm going to give you also a nation, and your descendants will be as many as uh, stars are in the heaven. So imagine that. Now, that wouldn't make, um, it wouldn't be such a hard thing unless you knew that when God told that to Abraham, he was 75 years old. <laughs> and he had no sons until that time. Now, that wasn't really the issue because if you read a little bit before that, and you read about Abraham's father, his father didn't start having kids until he was 70. So maybe when God appeared to Abraham, he said, okay, my father had uh, kids when, when he started having kids when he was 70. I'm 75 right now, so, you know, um, it, there is a good chance that the same thing can happen. But here is the deal. He waited for that promise and that promise didn't come to pass until Abraham was a hundred years old. And Sarah, um, his wife, was 90 years old. Imagine that. Imagine having the kids. I'm, I'm not even 50. I'm, a, I'm 48 right now. And I have a grandson. And I cannot imagine myself having another kid at this age. God knows when he gives you the kids, when, when you have enough energy. I had my kids when I was like 21, <laughs> so he was good to me. But imagine you having, um, you know, having to wait for a promise for 25 years. For sure, he was thinking, this is not going to happen. Maybe he's starting to doubt if that was really God talking to him. Maybe he was saying, was that real what happened? Did I really hear God on that instance? Why having to wait? Imagine all the people that he was telling that God had made this promise, including his wife, saying, God talked to me and he said he was going to give me a son. Imagine having to, you know, Dealing with the questions of her, her uh, spouse, his spouse, saying, why God hasn't fulfilled that promise? 25 years passed. But then the unthinkable happened. When he was 100, Isaac was born. What a miracle. <laughs> he, God made the impossible possible at that time. Imagine the joy of Abraham, not only because he received the promise of God, but also because everything that had happened between those 75 years old and now that he's 100 years old. Imagine 
having even Sarah said, I'm going to uh, name him Isaac because Isaac means uh, like laughter, like joy. Like even people that, uh, that were thinking that I was crazy when, when we were following God, imagine the joy that I have right now with just my son. And that he made that promise and that promise came to pass. And then, after all, all these things happened, just what we read today. God tell him to sacrifice his only son, his loved son. Why did he give that promise? Why he had to wait 25 years to receive the promise? Why he received it, and now he's taken it away? Is God a God that is maybe, I don't know, wanted to put us through tests to be able to, to really, um, you know, not enjoy the blessings that he has given us? Why? What is the reason why he allows suffering? Now, this story, you know it, and you know how it's going to end. But here is the thing. Abraham didn't know. When God goes to him and tells him, go and do this, he didn't know what the end was going to be. Now, it's very easy to see suffering from another person. But it's totally different when you are going through that suffering. Something happened this week (laughs) with my son. (laughs) He sent me a text and he said, "Um, can you give me the information about the dentist because I am having some uh, pain in my tooth. And um, sure, the first thing that I, you know, crossed my mind is, you know, grab my wallet, get all the information, the, the, the phone number, everything, and give it to him. And I never thought about the pain that he was going through. <laughs> Until two days later, I had a tooth pain. <laughs> and I went through the same thing that he was going through. And I couldn't sleep that night because of the pain. I don't know. I mean, you never think about that pain until you're going through it, right? And I had to, in the middle of the night, just like the song, in the middle of the night, I had to get up, you know, find this uh, thing that helps you just to uh, numb your, your mouth to be able to go through the pain and just to be able to go next day to the dentist. So... When, when you see somebody going through pain, maybe it's not the same as you going through the pain. So today, I want you to put yourself in Abraham's sandals. <laughs> I want you to, to just go with me through these different stations and just to be able to feel what he was feeling. I'm going to invite you that today, maybe tonight, before you go to bed, read the whole chapter. Read the whole chapter and read every single step that he was talking, taking in this journey. Because I believe that this journey was the longest day that anybody could have. I believe that every step that he had to take in this journey... It was painful. It was questioning God all the time. It was trying to reason what God had just asked him. 
He was trying to come up with a solution. He was trying to come up with the right words to tell his son where he was heading and what he was about to do. Imagine that. He was at this time, they say probably that uh, Isaac was a teenager, and at this time, Abraham was about maybe 115 years old, maybe 120. So every step was not even short and slow because of his age, but because what he was going through in his heart. And I want to tell you, I, this story for me is very personal. Because probably you have gone through one of those journeys. But for me, the longest day of my life was the road from MSU to DTW. Let me explain. (laughs) My son, when he was about to finish high school, he wanted um, to study... um, And when we start looking for a university, you know, they have like tours and you can go to different universities and see which one you want to go. And when he wanted to go, he said, well, dad, I'm going to use, I'm going to choose maybe a a community college or something that is very close to to here because I know our, you know, financial situation and it's going to be very hard for me to, to, um, to really go to the place that I want to go. And then um, I told him, let's believe in God. Let's trust in God. Uh, Let's do everything that is in our hands. And if God allows and he opens door, then you'll be able to go to that university that you wanted to. If he doesn't, it's fine too. We We can check other places here. And then he told me his top three universities that he wanted to go. Here is the thing. The three universities that he chose couldn't be as far as as away from here. They all had to be like really close to Canada. I don't know. I hate, you know me, you know, Colt and me, you know, we don't go together. (laughs) Uh, I was raised in an island in the Caribbean. So, uh, you know, for me, I want to be warm and cozy. (laughs) But it seems to me like everything, every place that he wanted to go, he wanted to go either really close to Canada or in a place that is really far or, you know, where it's really cold. And, you know, I told him, well, maybe we cannot go and visit all these universities, but out of those three universities, pick two. And then we'll go to those, those two universities. And then the universities was one in Oregon and the other one was in, uh, in Detroit, uh, in Michigan, I'm sorry. And the other one was in, in New York, uh, a little bit up north. But uh, the ones that he chose was Oregon and uh, Michigan. And then um, he finally ended up uh, choosing Michigan State University, MSU, Michigan State University. Um, so we went to those places, we visited and then what we did is uh, we sent the application, and God allowed him to go to that place. It was a blessing for him to go to that place. And we were so excited uh, until that day, <laughs> my longest day. 
we went to visit the university a couple of times. And finally, when it was time to drop him off. Now, here is what happened. Um, I went with him like a few days to be able to buy everything that we needed to buy for his uh, room, uh, you know, getting settled, uh, everything that he needed him. Uh, you know, I tried to help with, with the things. I remember that day in the morning we went to a breakfast place and I had like my final talk before uh, he was going to start this new journey, this new season of his life. And it was wonderful because I was able to tell him some of the things that could help him during that season. But then... Um, we went to the university, and uh, I dropped him off. As soon as I dropped him off, then I needed to go to Detroit to the airport, DTW, um, to that place. And just so you know, if you're not familiar with that place, the university is in East Lansing, and it's about two hours uh, to get to Detroit from East Lansing. So I dropped him off. And then I was going to start taking off to be able to get to the airport and take the flight back. As soon as I dropped him off, <laughs> I saw him leave. And I cannot explain what happened. But I start crying like a little baby. <laughs> I start crying like I have never cried before. It was so bad that I said, you know, I cannot allow to see, you know, the first day that he's going to start this journey, I cannot allow him to see me crying like this. So I literally took the car, drove across the street to a parking, empty parking lot, and I spent probably the next hour in that parking lot just crying. It was so bad that... I start to worry. <laughs> I say, I cannot continue this way. Because if I continue this way, I'm probably going to have to, instead of going to DTW, I'm going to have to go to a hospital. Because I start my heart beating really, really fast. I couldn't continue to breathe normally in that moment. I was, I, you know, Sometimes they tell you that there is something here that doesn't allow you to even talk when you're in that phase. I literally felt like something was here and I, I wasn't even, even able to talk. So I told God, God, the only one that can help me in this moment is you. I don't have the strength. I don't even know if I can drive right now. But the only one that can help me is you. And I need your help to be able to drive these two hours to get to the airport. And something amazing happened to me in that moment. I kid you not, but I, I heard God in my heart tell me about a verse. And at that moment, I say, am I going crazy? <laughs> am I... I didn't even know that verse. He, would, he just told me the verse. It was an exodus. And he told me, go and read that verse. Am I imagining these things right now? So I did. Let me, I, I checked the verse. I, I read it. And he said the following. He said, 
It was when the, the whole town of Israel was in the desert for 40 years. And then the verse says that he was taking care of everybody in such a way that not even the sandals of the people were damaged during the 40 years. And then God told me the following. He says, you think you've been taking care of your son until now, but in reality, I've been taking care of him until now. And the same way that I've been taking care of him, I'm going to take care of him for the next season here in the university, the next four or five years. And that gave me such a relief that it was the only thing that allowed me to start the car again. And I continued to pray the whole two hours. It wasn't easy. Still, I struggled to drive those two hours. I still, I was thinking of everything that could happen. Still, I was thinking that I was maybe a day distance if something happened to my son. And I wouldn't be able to be there for him. Still, I was thinking all these things until I got to the airport. But God kept telling me that he was going to take care of my son. Because in reality, he was his son before he was my son. So he was going, that was the promise that he gave me that day. And I took that promise and I grabbed that promise and Throughout those four or five years that he was in that place, I never let go of that promise. The day, the day that he came back, after he finished, he graduated. And by the way, he was so happy because that university is ranked number one in the whole country for the area that he wanted to study, which it was education. Uh, and it still is. So it's, that university was really the desires of his heart. It was truly a blessing. But when he came back from that university, <laughs> the first thing that we did was give thanks to God. Because he kept his promise. I didn't know what was going to happen in the next four or five years. But then, when I was able to pick him up from the airport after that season, I was able to thank God that he kept his promise and the blessing of him going to that place and the blessing of him uh, being able to take care of him. And he brought an extra blessing. (laughs) Because let me tell you the the final part of the story. He told me, hey, I'm going to be studying in education. So probably I'm going to start this career, but I don't think I'm going to come back to this place because it's really expensive to live here. And to be a teacher and to live in this area is going to be very hard. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to look for other places to live. So I always had that in my mind. (laughs) He brought an extra blessing, a girlfriend, girlfriend. (laughs) She, Hannah, uh, she never been here to California. But when she came to California, she said, I love this place. This place is such a beautiful place. And then she talked to Nico and and said, we should come to live this place. And the Lord, yes, (laughs) 
And of course, you may know, you know, at those days when you're dating, you do what your girlfriend says. So now they are living here um, and they are, you know, they, they are uh, working uh, here in, in San Jose and they're living here. And they live like five minutes away from my house, which is such a blessing. So that's, that's my story. And I'm sure you had your own story, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you something that is probably going to encourage you that we can find from the text that I never seen before until we started studying this, this text. Okay? Now, the first thing that I want to tell you is a correction. It's not only a typo, but it's also a theological uh, correction that I need you to make on your paper. Uh, point number one is Abraham, the father of faith. <laughs> the father of faith. Um, you have it wrong in the, in the paper. Uh, just please correct that one. Um, the person that was helping me with this... Uh, this morning, uh, you know, she was working on this, and and when I saw this mistake, I say, "Oh no! Why did we just, you know, it couldn't be another mistake? Why had to be that mistake?" But then I remember about the message, and I remember that this morning she told me that she was going through a really difficult time on today. This, you know, last night, they, you know, she was in the emergency room, and this morning she was going through a difficult. A situation through a hardship, so so I you know I cut her some slack, <laughs> but I do <laughs> I do want you to make you aware uh, so you can fix it there. Now, why why I'm telling you Abraham the father of faith? That's how he was known or he's known in the Bible. And look what it says in Genesis 22 verse one. Pay attention to the beginning. It says, "After these things." After these things. What do you mean after these things? What is God trying to tell us here? Well, the chapter before is when we have the story of Isaac being born. But, but I don't think it's referring only to, the, to that uh, promise that came through. I think, you know, God is referring to everything that he had been able to experience with God. See, the decision that, you know, the, what God was asking Abraham was not something easy to take a decision and really go through it. Imagine this. Abraham could have said no. I'm telling you, I'm going to be completely honest. I haven't worked with God for, for 25 years, maybe probably 15, 18 years. But today, if God was going to ask me to sacrifice my only son, you know, I will find all the skills as possible not to go through that. And I would probably say to God, no. Abraham could also say that. But after these things, it means everything that Abraham was able to experience God, with God. 25 years or continue to trust in what God was doing in his life, continue to see the blessings you know, God appeared at least, at least five times to Abraham before he, uh, you know, appeared again and made this request. Uh, that's, that's only what we can see in the Bible, but I'm sure, you know, probably many other times. But, you know, 
he didn't take this decision lightly. It wasn't an easy decision, but he was able to experience God in a way that he was convinced that God had the best for him, that God was good, that God, you know, even through the suffering of the 25 years, he continued to provide and continued to be his God. And I think part of the, of the things why Abraham is called a father of faith is because there were many things in his own life that he had to struggle, but ultimately to trust God. In every situation, leaving uh, you know, his house, his home, to be able to go to a different country, to a place that he didn't even know where he was going. He didn't know what the future was going to hold for him. But he had met God, and God transformed his life and did something completely different. So that's, that's part of the reason. Now, not only that, but I want you to tell you this. This is an easy way for me, a practical way, of um, just trying to understand what faith is. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, you can read the definition of faith. But for me, faith is to continue to remember that God is real and he is good. Because sometimes we tend to forget. I have a terrible memory. You know, I, I barely can remember what happened yesterday. So I have to intentionally remember every single time, especially when I'm struggling, especially when I'm going through difficult days, especially when I'm going through difficult situations, I still need to remember that God is real and that he is good. And all the experiences that God has been able to allow in my life help me today on the struggle that I'm going through. Because I've been able to really know, get to know God, and know that even sometimes when I thought I didn't know what the future will hold, even though sometimes that I didn't know what the next day will come, I want you to remember as well. Remember that day that you had no idea now how to get out of that situation? You had no idea what to do, what the next step will be in your life. That you try everything possible until that day and nothing worked. And then you ask God. You ask God to help you in that situation. And God came through in an amazing way. Probably a way that you were not expecting. But he got you through it. And then you were able to see the things that God was doing while you were in the process. You have also been able to experience how good and real is God in our lives. And that's the thing that continues to unite us all. The love of God for you and me. You know, we might have different experiences. We probably have different backgrounds. We probably live through different situations. But the things that unite us is the love of God. That he wants the best for you. Even if you, if you don't understand why you have to go through that situation. He says that if he allows you to go through something, it's for your own good. 
So continue to trust God the way that you have been able to experience God, even in the situation that you're going through right now. Now, point number two is be careful not to allow a blessing to distance you from God. Why I do say this? Look at the next verse. It says, uh, God told Abraham, take your son, and listen to this, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. I want you to pay really close attention to that that is in red. It says, your only son, Isaac. Because I didn't notice this until I was preparing for all this. Here's the thing. Abraham had another son. (laughs) So Isaac was not the only son at that moment. He had another son. I don't know if you remember the story, but Sarah said, you know, I know that God gave us that promise, but I'm not able to give you any child. So maybe the way that God wants to bring this blessing to you is if we take uh, matters, uh, you know, if we take control of the situation, basically. And let me tell you how God is going to be able to bless you. I want you to go with uh, this lady that she's an Egyptian, but uh, she's like a servant for me. Uh, Go and lay with her, and then you can have a son with her. And that's exactly what happened. Abraham said, okay, I'll go. <laughs> and then he went and had a son. Um, so Isaac wasn't the only son. But why God says here, your only son, whom you love? I believe that is because of the following. When he finally got his uh, blessing... That blessing started to distance him from God. And Isaac became the most important thing on Abraham's life. I believe that he loved that son. I, and there is nothing wrong with that. But he loved that son a lot. So much that he became a priority rather than God. And here is what I want to caution you. Don't allow the blessing to distance you from the one that gave you that blessing. God is not here just so he can come up, uh, give your wishes or or have your wishes come through. He's with you because he wants you to have a relationship with him. And for you to really you know, enjoy the blessings that he has given you, he has to continue to be priority on your life. The way that, the, the way that you know, there is going to be difficulties in your life is if you allow that to happen, if you allow the blessing to be bigger than God. You probably have asked God for a special blessing in your life, and he came through. So just remember that, whether it's work, whether it's something that, you know, you, you've been asking him for a long time, whether it's 
you know, health or even family. Don't allow that because the only thing that is going to be able to keep you enjoying what he has given you is if you keep God in the first place. So continue to do that. Now, what, um, what I want you to know is there is nothing wrong. Um, there is nothing wrong with loving our kids. God, I th- imagine this, imagine or, or think about this. God presents ours, uh, to ourselves as father and son so that we can understand the love that he has for us. Because you, if God tells you to, to do the same thing that he told Abraham, you probably will respond this way. Or you probably have. Take me instead. Because you as a father, as a mother, will give your own life so that your kids will not have to suffer. That's the love that you have for your kids. Now, imagine if that's you, a person that is full of sin, (laughs) imagine what God will do for you. So it's not God saying it's wrong for you to love your, your, your kids. It's not, it, that is not what you know, God is trying to come to here. What he's trying to say is for you to be able to enjoy that, don't allow the blessing to distance from, uh, from me or keeping, keeping that priority. You know why he asked Abraham to do this? Because of this, if things continued the way that they were, it was not going to be good for Abraham, not for Isaac. Because that son basically became like an idol to Abraham. And it was not going to be good for him if things continued that way. Also for Isaac, sometimes... We don't realize this, but sometimes we love our kids that we say, you know, I will give anything to my kids so that they will not have to suffer what I suffered when I was a kid. And sometimes I think we're making a mistake because the things that allow you to become the person that you are today is the struggle that you had to go through in the past. And with us taking away that struggle from our kids, we're robbing what God wants to do in their lives too. Sometimes, I don't know if you heard <laughs> the term of the, of the helicopter mother. <laughs> I think that's how it's called. Um, so continue to trust God even in, in the midst of what your son or your daughter is going through. Continue to trust God that he has the best for them, not only for you, but for them. And that there is a situation that either you are struggling or that he is struggling. Don't try to remove that before time. Because God may be trying to do something very special in that situation. And you're trying to, with your own plans or with your own things, trying to cut that blessing short. So continue to trust God in what, in what he's doing. Now, why God allows suffering? Here is the answer. Because God is not satisfied, satisfied leaving you like this. 
like the way that you are right now. He continues to show his love by allowing you to go through some situations, even though if they are hard, they are good for you. See, God is not so interested in the things that you're going through as much as the destination that he wants to take you. As much as the person that he wants you to become. And for you to be able to really trust God and continue to have the faith required to love God with all of your heart, you may have to go through a situation where the only thing that you have as a resource is now God. Where you know that you cannot continue, maybe you cannot even continue to drive that car. And the only thing that is really going to be able to help you is God himself. And that's when you really experience God in a way that you haven't before. Where the only thing that really can help you is him. And when you trust him. And now, here is the beautiful thing. You'll be able to one day thank God for that situation. A lot of people know about, and you know, the last time that I was here in front of you, I told you about the things that I went through the fire. That a fire took everything that I own. And now, today, I'm able to look back and look at that situation and thank God for that fire that took everything away from me. Because that's what God allowed for me to get to know Him. The blessing of just the suffering, <laughs> and, and going through that situation. I want to encourage you with something. Romans 8 says the following, And we know that, those, that for those who love God, listen to this, all things work together for good. All things. And all in Greek means all. <laughs> the good and the bad. All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So whenever you're going through a situation, I know it's hard. I'm not trying to minimize what you're going through. But continue to remember that God is real and that he is good. And if he is allowing a situation to happen in your life, it's because it's good for you as well. And at the end, everything will work out together for good. Even if the situation is something that someone else is trying to do against you. And that you know that is evil and you know that, you know, it's not right what is happening with you. But if you continue to trust God, there is a reason why he allowed that situation to happen in your life. Listen to this. God says that if, he's, if it's not his purpose... A leaf from a tree will not fall to the ground. Imagine that. We're in fall season. If he doesn't want to, he will take one tree and not allow a leaf to go to the ground. But if he's allowing it, there is a reason why he's allowing it in your life. So I want you to, to, to look at your situation in a, a different way today. Is I want you... Instead of asking why God, he's asking, what is the reason why God is allowing this in my life? 
What is the thing that he's trying to do? What is the thing that he's, maybe I need to trust him more. Maybe just like me, when I was starting to be a Christian, I say, God, you do whatever you want with me. Transform my life. Do whatever changes you need to do. But with this little area, please don't touch. <laughs> You're allowed to come into the heart, open the door, the, heart, the, my house, the house of my heart. But with this little closet, please don't open that door. <laughs> Once you continue to trust God, you'll be able to know that he's good. And you will allow him to open that door. And you will be able to trust God to deal with you in every situation. Maybe he's allowing the things that he's allowing because he wants to get to that door. Maybe he wants you to trust him even in that area. And let me tell you something. Because of this, I'm convinced. You are here today because God allowed it. Not only because he allowed it. You are here today because he loves you. And there is nothing that he wants you more than to continue to trust him. In every situation that you're going through. Let me go to the last point really quick. A decision to make and an action to take. Look what it says in the following verse. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of the young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood from the burnt offering, for the burnt offerings, and arose. And look at this. And went to the place of which God had told him. Abraham, hear, hear, hear from God, that probably that night. And he says that early, he rose early that morning. He took a decision. I'm sure he couldn't sleep through the night. <laughs> I'm sure the entire night he was thinking about what had just happened. He continued to struggle. And he rose very early. You know why? Because he took a decision to trust God. He said, if God is allowing it, I'm going to trust him. I'll be able, I, I have been able to trust him in the past and he had come true. And that's why I'm going to continue to trust him. And he was able to get up really early in the morning. And then, not only he took a decision, because most of us can take a decision. Most of us can say, yes, Lord, do whatever you want. Some of us today can say, amen, yes, if, if you need to take control of this, do it. But in reality, it's not only the decision, it's the actions that you're going to take to continue to trust God. His action was, and he went. He did, he obeyed what God was telling him to do. A few weeks ago, uh, probably, uh, I don't know, five, six weeks ago, Dave told the following. 
He said um, in Matthew, there is a verse that he's probably going to do this verse as his new verse, a life verse, which is he talked about the disciples. And he said that all the disciples did as Jesus had told them. We are Christians. We are the disciples of Jesus. You cannot say that God is your Lord and Savior if you don't obey God. It doesn't make sense. You cannot say that you trust God if you don't do the things that he's telling you to do. It doesn't make sense if your actions don't follow what you're saying. The true reality is that we need to trust God. No matter how hard the situation is. No matter if this is something that we want to do or don't want to continue. The thing is to continue to trust God. Jesus did. Before the cross, he was praying in the garden. And he said, not my will, but yours. This always amazed me. God himself on a cross. Jokes were being told upon him, saying, if you're really God, demonstrate it and come down from that cross. He could have demonstrated that he was God by coming down from that cross. But he didn't because he was doing the will of the Father. Because he loves you. Because his sacrifice meant for you and me that we can now have a relationship with God once again. I want you to close your eyes.